You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. We're going to read from 1 Thessalonians tonight. We're going to read verse 13 to 16. We talked about verse 13 last time. We'll read it tonight for context. It's about how the Thessalonians had received the gospel as the word of God. We'll see why it was so important that they did that and also the difficulty they would have had in doing that because of the opposition to that uh, reception. The opposition to the presentation of the gospel which they received and by which they were saved. But there were those who were so opposed to it that they stirred up great trouble. So 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 16. And for this reason, we constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same suffering at the hand of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved, with the result that they are always, or they always fill up the measure of their sin but wrath has come upon them to the utmost. This is one of the more unpleasant passages in the writings of Paul to the Thessalonians where it talks about wrath coming on people. We'll see more of it in the first chapter of the second letter as this opposition has continued. And so the core of the believers in Thessalonica had come from the synagogue And that was not an especially large group compared to some places because of the opposition in the synagogue to the gospel. And the gospel was then uh, taken as it was, a Jew first and also the Greek, was taken to the Gentiles. And these uh, those uh, of the Jews in opposition tried to keep it from going to the Gentiles. So that's why Paul had said, as we talked about before, they'd received this as the word of God. Now, when your synagogue, which is dedicated to reading the word of God on a weekly basis, so turns its back on God's word and persecutes the preaching of the message of the gospel, which was well supported by the prophets and well attested to, and the early preaching of the church, especially evangelistic preaching, was showing that Jesus fulfilled the prophecies, that would have been a hindrance. Well, maybe these guys who know the law are right, and these guys who are saying this comes in addition to the law are wrong. But no, they'd received the truth, this message that had come from God through the gospel. So they imitated the churches back in Judea. And so it's a a little mini-drama, a little mini-recreation of the opposition that Jesus received in his ministry that resulted in the Jews locally killing him. That is played out in miniature uh, in Thessalonica, centered around the synagogue and the believers with those of the Jews at that place. uh, Not all of them, because some of them believe, but among the majority of them persecuting 
those who followed Christ. So they endured the sufferings at the hand of their own countrymen. So all, the, the people they used to sit in synagogue with, they are now persecuting them because they received the things that the law was supposed to have led them to. As we studied in Galatians, the law was a tutor to bring them to Christ. But some decided they'd rather stay under the schoolmaster. They don't, didn't want to go where the lessons were leading. So those people back home killed the Lord and the prophets, as they had done many times, and they drove us out. And so the same thing, the, the, the persecution and the crucifixion of Jesus, as they had done the prophets before him, as they had done to uh, the prophets, you think about Stephen in Acts 7, uh, and the uh, persecution of, of others uh, by the hands of the Apostle Paul, who now writes this ironically, right? He was one of the ones who helped kill some of these people before his conversion. So we're now playing out that same drama here a long way away. They're not pleasing to God. So no, that is not God's way. They're hostile to everybody. What was the great promise uh, that was to Abraham? In you, all the nations of the earth be blessed. These guys have got that so exactly backwards, they're hostile to everybody. Instead of taking the blessing that came through Abraham to everybody, these guys are trying to hinder the blessing from going out. And it seems that racial animus or ethnic animus may have been part of it. They didn't want the Gentiles to have this thing with Jehovah, with Yahweh, who had been their God and was their ancestors' beliefs. And so, no, we are going to hinder them, verse 16, from preaching to the Gentiles that they might be saved. You know, it's, it's one thing to disagree with somebody. It's another thing to not help them, uh, but then to actively hinder them when they're trying to do good, to hinder them especially when they're trying to save people, bring them to faith in uh, Jehovah, as was promised to their forefather Abraham. They're standing in the way of that. Yeah, that's where they had gotten to in their rebellion against God. So that hardened rebellion, which we see when we study the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, when we see Jesus talking about trying to gather the chicks under his wings like a mother hen, and they wouldn't come, we see that played out in this place as well. The same spirit is in the homeland, is in this branch office in the Thessalonian synagogue. So, as a result they fill up the measure of their sin. If you know your Old Testament, and the Jews would have, that's a scary statement. Why wasn't the land that God promised Abraham given to Abraham right then? We find two reasons. One, he didn't have enough descendants to take it yet. But also, what about the Amorites? The cup of their iniquity was not yet full. What happens when someone fills up the measure of their sin? When they fill the cup of iniquity. That's when God deals with it. And then that's where you find, like in the book of Revelation, the pouring out of the bowls of wrath and things like that. And so like we find Jesus condemning the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23 and verse 29, you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you build tombs for the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And you say, oh, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have partnered with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets but they're killing the apostles. They're persecuting the apostles. Uh, So yes, they're doing the same thing. Consequently, Jesus would go on to say, you bear witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up the measure of the guilt of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? So wrath 
is now coming on them to the utmost. This is written around the year A.D. 50. Could have been as early as A.D. 44. Could have been as late as A.D. 52. But round number, it's it's just before A.D. 50. It's about 22, 23 years probably until this whole system of which these synagogues and the like are based in the, in the temple system in Jerusalem is destroyed because the wrath was full and these people were adding their drips into a rapidly filling and about to overflow cup. So for the Christians, that is good to know. It's good to know that's where the other people are. Why are they like this? Why won't they stop? Because they are hardened in sin and they are fulfilling these horrible prophecies that are made against that place and against that system. But you instead, by verse 13, have receiving the word of God in the gospel as it really is, not the word of men, the word of God, the word of God's message is performing its work in you. You, imagine this, some of these Gentiles in the church, six months into the faith, and they're at a better place than so many of these Jews who have uh, been there only by tradition and only by family connection to Moses and uh, the prophets and of Abraham. They are so much better off than these people in the synagogue who are unfaithful, even though they got this longstanding family connection to this whole enterprise. But it's these of faith, be they Jew or Gentile, who are going to receive the promises. But these of not faith, they're going to have wrath to the uttermost. So it's kind of a depressing thought in some ways for them, but I think it would cheer the heart of the Christian to know which side they're on and how it's going to end up. All right, with that then, we'll close with kind of that somber note, but we have several of those in the Thessalonian letters. For the Christians, great joy and blessing. For the unbelievers, wrath to come, here and hereafter. If you need tonight to try and flee that wrath through a plea to God, uh, a plea of faith and uniting with Jesus in confession and baptism, or if you need to repent of sins to return, then we'd offer the invitation as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.